Hey everyone, welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Brent Aiken and Russell Martin. We're glad you're joining us today, and we hope that you find this conversation helpful, insightful, and encouraging as you lead your students in ministry. We wanted to stop for a second and remind you that we're on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Talk Student Men. And then you can also go to our website, studentministryconversations.org, where you can find show notes, um, links to different conversations, blog articles, all kinds of helpful information. Um, and it is there to help you out. So check it out when you get a chance. Today, we are going to hear a conversation Russell had with Mary Strickland, and they talked about fresh expressions. Now, Russell, this was your conversation, and I have no idea what fresh expressions is. So can you give us a little more context? Uh, yeah. So I sit down with Mary Strickland, and I, I met Mary through my seminary classes at Asbury uh, Seminary. And um, she is a former youth director, uh, actually still doing some youth ministry, but she is doing what's called Fresh Expressions. And this is in the, the Mississippi Conference uh, that she is in. Um, and basically, it's it's thinking of church differently. So what does church look like outside of the walls um, in different contexts, in different areas of the community? Um, are, or, you know, some of the things to think about is organic, authentic communities of faith. Um, and connection outside the walls of the church. The, the goal is not necessarily to bring people into the church, but is to bring the church out to the community. Um, and what's awesome is there are some great ways that this ties in with youth ministry and some of the concepts that can be used uh, in youth ministry. And so I'm really, really excited for you to hear this interview. Man, no, that sounds great. And that sounds like something that's really needed in our world and our society today. So without further ado, here's Russell's conversation with Mary Strickland. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast. Uh, and uh, we're excited this week. Uh, I have my friend, uh, Mary Strickland, and um, I'll, let her introduce her, I'll let her introduce herself. Uh, but I met Mary through seminary, going to Asbury Seminary. Uh, and so we were both in youth ministry at the time, and now we have both uh, changed our, our focuses a little bit, and God has helped us to pivot as the buzzword for 2020 was, but uh, God's helped us pivot into some new areas. Uh, and so uh, before I go any further, uh, Mary, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and how you got to where you are now? Sure. Um, well, happy to be back on the podcast. Um, there's so many fun things that we can dive into. Um, but specifically, what has changed for me is I have left um, a full-time salaried position um, in youth ministry at a larger church with lots of resources. And I have stepped out to do something new and creative, um, new to me at least, and um, seems to be relatively new in the Mississippi Annual Conference of the United Methodist church as well. So right now I am appointed to do um, youth ministry between three different churches. So we're doing a cooperative youth ministry. Um, it really helps pull resources between these small churches um, because they couldn't really do this on their own, you know, independently of one another. Um, so that's one half of what I'm doing. And the other side is I'm also planting a church in the Tupelo community. And the type of church plant is called um, a fresh expression. And that language might be unfamiliar to some who are uh, tuning in and, and joining us for this podcast. But basically, fresh expressions are contextualized churches that meet in a space where people already live, work, or play. And so basically you're interrupting people um, in their daily life and saying, hey, here's Jesus. I'm going to tell you about him <laughs> without being uh, too assertive in people's faces, but um, living life with one another in a really authentic way. And it's reflective of, I think, the best type of youth ministry where it's authentic and you're going out into the community and you're um, able to encounter students in their environments where they're already uh, living and hanging out, school, baseball games, all of that, you know. So that's what I'm doing. That's a little bit about me. I'm almost finished at Asbury and I am so ready. I love it, but I'm really excited to not have assignments. Yeah. That's going to be great. <laughs> I, I agree. Or at least assignments that they're given to you. You'll have yours after that. Um, yes. Well, so I want to yes. dive. I, I do want to do, we do have a lot of people, youth ministry uh, listening. Um, but I think that, that 
innovation and creativity uh, goes hand in hand with youth ministry and thinking outside the box. And even if you are in a large church, you are doing that. You're always trying to think outside the box and think of new ways to connect with students. So um, I want to go a little bit into your, your fresh expressions first, if that's okay. Mm, yeah. Um, and can you tell, can you tell us uh, for those of us, we aren't in your conference and haven't heard that. Um, can you do a little more of a deep dive into what fresh expressions is maybe how it came about or how you learned about it or how you got interested in it um, or, you know, just anything that you can share to give us a little more of context with what you're talking about. Sure. So um, there are a lot of resources out there for fresh expressions. And um, let me just give you a little bit of the history on it. So about 20 years ago, maybe about 25 by now, um, this movement started in the United Kingdom. And so you would see this all over England with um, different ways of mobilizing the church. So what we imagine when we think of the local church is just one expression of church. If you look back at the book of Acts and even throughout all of history, you'll start noticing that church doesn't always look like it does right now. And, um, you know, when you think about our big buildings, our big gatherings um, in a what we call a third space. So a place that people are intentionally going to that they wouldn't have any other purpose to go to otherwise. That's what we think of with the third space with the local church. So Fresh Expressions intentionally break that mold, um, being in conflict with that mold, right? Because I think they're all, they're both important, but it takes the church into the community in a more intentional way. So for example, um, the Fresh Expression that I'm actually getting to be a part of, which is really cool, is um, in a cycling studio. So an indoor cycling spin class, you know, you get on bikes and you, you ride to music, all that, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, so what we're doing in that setting is um, actually we have a few worship themed classes with music and actually uh, liturgy and in, inner, you know, woven throughout it. Um, and in fact, I wanted to call my class Lit Cycle, you know, like it's lit, but it's also liturgical. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, that didn't fly at the studio. They didn't, they didn't go for it. Um, and so what we we do, though, primarily is have small groups after classes or in between classes. And so for anyone who can stay for an extra 15 minutes or so, we are intentionally building community in that space um, and doing either a deep dive into the Bible or just asking some of the basic Wesleyan questions of how is it with your soul? and um, really stopping people in their tracks to do life a little bit more authentically, stop going through motions and um, dig a little bit deeper. So Fresh Expressions in the UK uh, does the same thing. That's very much in line with the UK. There's also Fresh Expressions US and um, they are similar in most ways because they're under the same umbrella of Fresh Expressions. But sometimes what I see in the US is um, not so much church planting, but an extension ministry of a church. And so I, I tend to align a little bit more with the UK understanding of fresh expressions, which is um, that they're actually churches or they can be. So a couple of other fresh expressions that I've heard of and the ones that I have modeled mine after would be um, there's a few restaurants around the United States. Um, there's a couple of cafes and coffee shops where um, they're, you might see them as um, what looks to be like a nonprofit, um, that type of styled location. But if you start to press, you see deeper and you see more. Um, in the UK, for example, there is, um, I love this story. Jay Moon was one of my professors at Asbury who shared the story with me. So I'm sure he has it written somewhere better that I can tell you. But there is a woman who saw that there were teenagers in the city that were not going to come to church ever because they had either been hurt by the church or they were just completely uninterested in coming to a church building. And so she created a bus like a it's a, a church in a bus. Sounds crazy, but what she did is she would go and pick up these kids and they would have community time on this bus. And she turned it into a unique environment where students wanted to engage because she would pick them up after school, um, have community time and Bible study. And the whole point of what she did was discipleship outside the walls of the church. And so a lot of these kids will never get plugged in with a local church, but what they would stay plugged in with 
is the discipleship process that she started in a bus of all places. It was a big double, you know, the two double decker bus mm-hmm. like they have in England, you know. Um, so yeah, that kind of hits on um, some of the big ideas of fresh expressions and a couple of hopefully helpful examples. Um, I have a lot of resources that I will send you, Russell, um, that include um, like Exponential is an awesome resource, um, tons of conferences and other things that are useful. So I'll get all that to you. So that's, that's kind of a new thought for a lot of people. Um, and I guess the biggest challenge with that is what do you mean it's not going to, you know, it, the intention from what I understand is not for it to raise your your attendance. It's not to get plugged in um, to a church. And we see everything we do kind of as that. That's kind of been the, the if I'm going to start a, a ministry at the, at the, you know, the baseball deal or whatever like that, or I'm going to start whatever that is, you know, disc golf, it's always an extension of um, our church. So um, is there anything more about like, is there tension there um, either with other churches or did you, how did you even fight that tension and get through that idea that this is not supposed to grow a church? This is supposed to be outside of, and that's okay. I will say it's a tricky process and we're still doing that because um, even some of the people that I've been working with in the Mississippi conference, they didn't quite see this for what it was at first because they thought, oh, Mary just has a small group at her spin class. That's really cool. Like, no, we want to have communion. We want to build a community deeper and further than this. And so what changed was they were able to see that this was not a funnel. It wasn't just funneling people into a church that already existed, but it's creating something totally new because you think about your, uh, for lack of better phrase here, your target audience, right? Because really we're looking for, all churches are looking for non-believers because we want to share the gospel with them. But in a fresh expression setting, you're able to reach people who were hurt by the church are interested in the church. Um, we call those people nuns, <laughs> not N U N, but N O N E S nuns, people who have no church affiliation and don't want to. Um, and so fresh expressions create a less threatening environment for people to encounter the love of Christ through individuals who are either pastors or a part of these churches. So really in Mississippi, especially, there was a little bit of conflict with those ideas of saying, well, our churches aren't going to grow if you're growing them out there. We're not going to be able to have our same structures that we're used to having, which is, you know, those are real and valid points and questions. But that's not exactly true. Because in a fresh expression, you can still have the same structures, but they're going to start small like any church plant starts. And so you can't have an SPRC right off the bat, right? Unless it's okay to be very, very small. But um, the people that you can reach with the local church as it currently exists versus fresh expressions are a little bit different. Um, And I don't know if everyone has shared that same experience, but... um, There are some folks that I have encountered by doing fresh expressions that will never walk through the doors of a traditional church. They're just not comfortable there. But when it comes to truly getting to know Jesus and growing in their faith, they are far more comfortable sitting in their their living room with me or my living room with them and diving deep and living life together. Um, One really common form of fresh expression you'll you'll see or hear about is dinner church. A lot of churches are actually opening up their gyms and having community dinners or meals. And that actually is a fresh expression. It's just um, it could become a separate congregation within the walls of a church that exists. So just a couple of other examples in that. We actually uh, in our conference, um, I guess we do have I haven't heard we haven't used the fresh expressions term a whole lot. I haven't heard that. But we did have one of our pastors who started Gastro Church uh, in uh, Houston. And they meet outside, they get a park or whatever like that. And they set up tables and run string lights and um, set out, set out drinks and have a meal. And it's all based around the meal. Um, Mm -hmm. Each, each kind of course has questions. You know, the whole, the whole idea is uh, great food and great conversations. Um, And so, and I'll, I'll make sure and put a link in for that as well. uh, Because example in our conference and I I guess I'm just kind of like looking at, uh, and we actually did that at our church some uh, before I left, we had several, about three or four times that we did that as well. 
and talking to my pastor and it's like, you know, well, you know, this would be something we could pull people in or, um, you know, whatever. And, and, and he goes, he goes, he goes, what if it doesn't, that's okay. It, yeah, yeah. It's great. Cause you're going to reach people that, that would never, um, you know, those who, who just for whatever reason, like you said, they don't, they're not gonna have the affiliation. Um, what, um, but what I was thinking though is you're still creating common language with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you may, it, it, the goal is not to get somebody back in a church, but it may, or it may at least create a connection where you have a connection mm-hmm. with a church. It's not seen as threatening. They may never come through the doors on a Sunday morning, but that's fine. But they may still have at least see it as less threatening or less scary or less something and not be at least, you know, pushed away from it, but at least create those common dialogues and common things. Um, I, I would love to dive into the structure of it and how you do, how you talk about that, like attendance and all those, you know, nerdy church things as far as structure and things <laughs> like that. Cause I'm oh, sure it's yeah. something you're going to, I'm sure you're going to figure those things out as you go. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but so uh, you have the fresh expressions. And like we said, those are some, some things that are similar to uh, the ideas or thoughts that you would have in youth ministry, right? I mean, like in youth ministry, you go to the kids games, um, you go and hang out you know, at the football game on Friday night. Cause that's where everybody else is. Um, but it's, but it's an extension of the church. Um, mm-hmm. so as a, so as a, as a pastor, as someone who's in a church, um, how can we foster or, or support or start, or, um, what do you look for when you're seeing like, Hey, this would be a great, uh, place for fresh expression. This would not work. Um, mm-hmm. you know, what are some of those discerning tools and things that you look for sure. as you are starting those? Sure. And this is so, so important because this is the heart of fresh expressions. So I'm really glad you asked this because I should have led with that, I guess. But the biggest point in fresh expressions is they are organic. You cannot force them to happen because you cannot force the movement of the Holy Spirit. And let me just say, I don't want to dive into the whole story right now because we don't really have time, but I have learned some lessons in the past two months that I did not expect to learn. I thought this was just going to be peachy. My plan was going to work because I thought, hey, God led me here. It's going to happen in the way I expect. I should have known better because that's never the way it works, right? Um, So fresh expressions, like I said, they are organic and they have to be. Um, or they're not really fresh expressions. Um, The way you discern if it's time to start one, where to start one, who to start one with, right? Um, What you start by doing is you go into your community and you just see what God is already doing. Go to the cafe down the street from your house, go to the coffee shop, see what relationships you already have in a particular place, a business, a location. If you're a parent and you're at the soccer field with a bunch of other parents every week, multiple times a week, how are those relationships? Is God moving you to do something a little bit further in that setting? Um, Have intentional time with those other parents, you know, what does that look like for you? And um, so just a little backstory to help maybe bring some life to this idea is um, I was teaching spin classes for about Um, two years before I felt really led to um, dig deeper into the community, but I had built friendships, lots and lots of friendships throughout the whole business. And so much so that people trusted me, right? I had these connections. They knew who I was. They knew that I wasn't just trying to say, Hey, become a believer. Like that's, you know, not my only intention with them. My intention is to have a real authentic relationship with these individuals. So when I offered one day in class for us to stay and linger and do what I I called cycle and Bible. So you cycle and then you Bible. Um, People stayed and we had about 10 people the first time, which was absolutely shocking to me because we had a class of 30. That's a third of the class that actually stayed. And so God had been leading me before this to cultivate community. And I didn't really understand why. And so fresh expressions require us to take stock of what uh, feelers and connections we have in the community. So anybody in your church has these connections. You yourself, I'm certain, whoever is listening to this podcast has these connections, right? And so if there's a coffee shop you frequent regularly, you'll know the baristas, you'll know several other customers that are there probably. And if you go and work at a coffee shop, like I like to do sometimes, you start to build those communities as well. So 
I feel like I'm getting into the weeds a little bit, so I'm going to pull back a bit on that, but um, that's how you should start. Um, and so uh, really supporting this and how churches can support this um, is pretty simple because what we need to do is equip our churches how to be, um, or church, I guess I should say parishioners, how to be leaders of these types of groups. So equipping in teaching, cultivating community, leading small groups, whatever that looks like, it's really important for churches to uh, better prepare individuals for discipleship, evangelism, all of that. Um, So when it comes to sustainability of these fresh expressions, you have to have leaders that are not only pastors. You know, so in the United Methodist Church specifically, pastors are moved periodically. And so similarly in a fresh expression, we have to have equipped leaders to carry on the mission and the vision for each fresh expression, because the problem really um, is whenever we create ministries around one person, you create a personality-based ministry, and that is always doomed to fail. Because if it depends on that person, when they leave, it's over. And so one of the main points with fresh expressions is sustainability. That's the same thing in youth ministry. So a lot of what I do now overlaps because of the things I learned in sustainable styled youth ministry, right? So um, yeah, that's so important. I think I've been all over the place in this answer because fresh expressions is such a huge topic and it's so um, interesting and a new way of thinking for a lot of people. So hope that helps. That does help. Um, and uh, so you said you weren't going to dive in because you get in the weeds a whole lot, but what are maybe three <laughs> lessons that you did learn? Um, you, you know, you just pick three. I know you probably have a, a billion. What are three things you learned? Mm-hmm. And then also what are maybe two or three blessings that you experienced? Like, do you have a story that, that, um, or something just really worked or, or something like something along those lines? Yeah. In uh, fresh expression specifically. Yeah. So, I will say that I have just gone through a very challenging situation with my fresh expression. Um, and it did not come from the, the um, actual church itself, but from some external factors. And so this is one thing that I think is super important. Um, and I will tell a little bit of the story because it might help for context. But um, because I left a full-time position, I went into actually uh, what we call co-vocational ministry. Um, I don't know. It's a better, I think it's a better way to say bivocational because you're, you know, whatever. We could we could dive into that too. But um, so I went into part-time youth ministry, part-time church planting. And I also was supposed to come on and manage the location of this cycling studio, um, the one that's here in my town. And so that was supposed to be a supplemental piece of my income. And things changed on their end where they weren't able to pay anyone to come in and do that. They opened a second location, made things kind of crazy. And so what happened is it made things more challenging just obviously for myself with my income, having to say, wow, how do I supplement this piece that I was really depending on? And so the reason I'm sharing maybe a more personal piece of this is because what I've learned is that fresh expressions don't require you to work in that space. That might just be a really simple, basic idea, um, but you don't have to be that invested in the exact spot for it to work. And the reason I'm, like I said, the reason I'm sharing that is because this fresh expression actually worked more organically when I was just teaching some classes there and not on as actual staff. So of course I was getting paid to teach classes, but it was a very different relationship than when I said, Hey, I want to work here and plant a church here. Right. Because I think that although I had a great relationship with these people, it just makes the relationships a little more strained when you become business partners in that sense. So I don't know if that speaks to anybody, but that is a type of fresh expressions work that pastors have doing where you are co-vocational in that sense. And I think it can work in settings, but you have to be so, so careful and intentional with those partnerships and relationships because that situation alone has made it more difficult for me to feel uh, flexible to do ministry. Does that make sense, Russell? I I hope I'm explaining that well. Um, 
And so I thought that being more present in that space would actually allow me to do more ministry. I thought that that was the game plan. That was going to be the winning ticket right there. But really, it just put more strain on the whole thing. Remember when I've said fresh expressions have to be organic? Mm-hmm. They have to be authentic. There are pieces that I was trying to work because it was my own plan of saying, oh, I clearly just need to be here more often when I didn't. The key was that for the time I was there, I was using it so wisely. And then when I was there more often, it became a little easier to not be as intentional. And I think we might all be guilty of that in our own ways. So, you know, now, you know, one of my sons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, 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 no. But I I will say that that is um, there's a there's several things within that story. Um, because we have to be so prayerful in the whole process, careful and prayerful, (laughs) but specifically prayerful, um, and allow God to lead us in these settings. Because one of the prayers I have often, um, leaned on is for God to give me peace or restlessness when it comes to discernment. And, and I didn't have entire peace when I decided to do the co-vocational thing. Um, I just said, God, I think this is where you're leading me. So I'm going to step out in faith and do it. And I think that God honors that when we choose, when we do things that are for the work of the kingdom. Um, But so what, gosh, there are so many lessons, it all wrapped up in this. But um, one other thing I've learned is really relying again on, on God, God's strength instead of, because as much as I know about, um, you know, the, theology and the, I don't know, the, what the ideal fresh expression would look like learning. And this is church planting and fresh expressions are so creative and free flowing because God is completely in the the driver's seat of them. And I think that learning, I am a little bit more along for the ride (laughs) instead of me trying to control the whole thing is going to be far better in the future. And in fact, a good friend of mine who is a, a very successful church planter said to me just the other day, congratulations, you're a real church planter now that you understand that. I'm like, ah, thank you, my <laughs> friend. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, um, I think one of the, the simple lessons that I hope can be a good takeaway for anyone, and this is good for youth ministry too, is it is so much about your presence. The only way it grows is your presence. And even with the pandemic, it's not as easy to be physically present, but we have learned so many other ways to be present as well. Like right now, Russell, you and I have barely gotten to see each other in person, but we have gotten to keep up and be present in one another's lives because of technology and other resources that we have. Um, And so Fresh Expression Ministries thrive when you have authenticity, presence, and commitment. Say say those three again, because you you, you froze a little bit. So authenticity. Presence presence. and commitment. Yeah. And that, and that's, um, those probably all go hand in hand because the people, well, when I say authenticity, I mean, openness as well, because for us to really do life together, it's the whole goal of the church is for us to authentically seek Christ together. And this goes back to early Methodism. All I'm doing is copying John Wesley. Okay. That's really the <laughs> principle of the is going back to what bands are really supposed to look like, but then shaping them a little bit to fit this mold, you know? So um, I will say that the challenges themselves, while they have been so difficult, because there's many more that I haven't even, you know, shared because there's a lot of stuff that's happened. Um, the knowledge of all of it is a blessing because it allows me to move forward with a lot more knowledge of what works and what doesn't. And, um, the blessing of community is, is really cool because we have, I've had some really great small groups in the local church setting, but something about being in the community, studying the Bible together, going and, um, we have a, a place in town that does trivia And that's one of my next spots that I want to take my group to, because I've done that myself with other fresh expressions where we go and um, laugh together. 
enjoy an evening together and you leave with building community, but also a deeper love for Christ in the ways that we disciple one another and study the Bible together. So it's pretty cool. It's, um, I could go on a long time about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, so you know, like we talked about this is a youth ministry podcast, and um, there are a lot of things you've already mentioned that I definitely see overlap. But, but what are some things, maybe other things that you haven't hit on yet um, that uh, would would not necessarily starting a fresh expressions youth thing? Although I think that would be uh, a possibility too, and maybe if we have time, mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Um, but before that, is how do we uh, utilize some of the things you've learned in the traditional church youth ministry? What are some of the other lessons that you have mentioned uh, are things that we can do, or what would you tell somebody? Hey, here's something else you can use. I think authenticity and you know, all those things or community is is good. But is there anything else? Yeah, I think that our strategy um, for discipleship is very much the same between youth ministry and fresh expressions, um, because you have to have a structure and understand a a pattern for what you're going to do in order to see these um, developments along the way. And so I would encourage anyone to have a discipleship making process and plan, uh, whether you're in youth ministry, adult ministry, fresh expressions, whatever. I think it's key to us growing as uh, the body of Christ. And also one helpful piece of that is that you're not only counting numbers, right? It's not nickels and noses. It is a lot more to do with actual growth of each individual. And that is a way you can actually um, get some quantifiable data, right? Um, So I will say discipleship for sure. Um, Outreach in connecting with people, the way you network with students the way you network for planting a church is honestly very similar if you're doing it with outward focus instead of inward focus. Um, I think a lot of the time we focus on um, shepherding the flock that we currently have in youth ministry. And uh, we forget that there's a lot of other sheep out there that need shepherding as well. And so um, being outwardly focused as much as we are inwardly, right, to care for the people we have um, is so important. And I'm guilty of forgetting to do that in previous seasons of ministry where I was so focused on retaining who I had that I was not worried about going out and evangelizing even. And and, um, I have found that that term evangelizing sometimes carries a different connotation for people, um, even than I intend it to, because what I mean is... um, beginning the process for discipleship, honestly, Um, because if you can meet a student out at a ball game, who's even a friend of another kid in your youth group, you have an instant connection to say, hey, why don't we three go grab coffee this week? Let's go have ice cream, whatever. It's a way to start building those connections yourself as a pastor, but you're also teaching your students how to do that as well. And that's a process that can be replicated and sustainable long after you are gone, right? But remember, it's not about you or it will become a personality-based ministry. Well, that's um, that kind of actually leads to the question that I didn't know if we had time for. But um, so what does this look like? Uh, you know, you're doing an adult-based ministry um, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what, and obviously it wouldn't be uh, the same, but what could this look like uh, in student ministry? Uh, how how could you see a fresh expression of fresh expressions um, in with students with those you know twelve to eighteen year old, old students? I mean, I can see college uh, would be a, a great way, but is are there some things that you can see even in the younger uh, age groups that would be uh, able to be utilized? Yeah, well, let me give an example um, that just or or a scenario that comes to mind. Um, teachers have a really good opportunity because you work with teenagers all day, almost every day, too much, too many hours. (laughs) But um, that's a really cool setting that you already have to do something like this um, if the school would allow you to be in that space. And otherwise, you know, you could utilize um, a place down the street or whatever. Um, So there's a church not far from Tupelo where students literally walk from school 
to this like gas station ice cream shop all the time. And that's kind of where they wait on their ride a lot of the times if their parent has to work later or whatever. And so a situation like that is perfect for a youth ministry fresh expression because if you had an equipped individual who knows how to facilitate um, or grow a fresh expression, all they have to do is step in to that environment and be really intentional with those students and just creating relationships in a really healthy and appropriate way, right? Because you have natural boundaries with adults and students that we have to respect, um, particularly keeping in mind safe sanctuary policies. Even if they're not kids at your church, you still have to be cautious of those things, right? So I say all of this was that side of caution and safety, especially for the teenagers. Um, but in that setting of an ice cream shop, if you're a teacher and you already know these kids, um, you have a really quick opportunity to get to disciple, disciple them every day. And it can grow and grow into something else because why do they just have to eat ice cream and gossip about their friends, you know, yeah. when they could be talking about Jesus or about things that matter. So I like the example you brought up earlier, Russell, of um, like each course of the meal was a different type of conversation. Um, or however you phrased it, because that's a great way to do that in youth ministry. So that's just one idea because there's a lot of settings. Um, we have kids in town that will go play basketball all times a day into the night. They'll be out there on the courts just playing basketball. And if you live in that community and if you have a connection with any of those kids, it is so easy for you to step in and say, hey, why don't you let me play some basketball with you? Um, just really basic discipleship practices, right? Um, one thing with student ministry is if you have connections with the parents already, it probably would be very helpful so that they trust you coming in, even if they're not believers, because you have to be mm -hmm. really careful with those delicate relationships. Um, because as for adult ministry, it is right, because I don't have to worry so much about those um, those things. So I would say keep that in mind with any sort of youth fresh expression you would consider, but go all in, use those connections you have. Um, we had a, a guy on episode 15, Joe Roberts is talking about partnering with youth sports um, and how we, you know, the church has always, a, a church has traditionally a lot of times seen youth sports as a, uh, an enemy. Like it's like, you know, Wednesday nights, now they're doing youth sports on Wednesday night or whatever like that. Um, and he was talking about taking the opposite approach and what are the ways to, um, to keep that, um, you know, to, to utilize something like youth sports. And so when you're talking about fresh expressions, that for me, uh, uh, when you mentioned teachers, I automatically went to that uh, youth sports thing, talking about that um, as a possibility or a way to utilize um, and do a fresh expressions at the ball field, um, you know, not with the goal of connecting to the church. Um, you know, if it happens, great, but just uh, being wherever you are, being present and wherever you are. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That. And, and the difference is just with being intentional about creating a fresh expression instead of just an extension ministry of a church, right? Yeah. Because that the, who says the basketball court couldn't become the designated holy space for people, right? Uh, for these teenagers, like if that's where they are, then meet them there, let that be their space. And um, I don't know, it totally blows the mind of the traditional view that we have of church for the past, you know, however many hundreds, thousands yeah. of years, right? So is it, is it hard for somebody who is in a church, established in a church, like a youth director or a pastor or something like that, who uh, does church on Sunday um, to uh, foster or create uh, an, uh, or if the opportunity comes up, not create it because it's organic, but um, is it hard or are there some ways that somebody could even do both in different contexts. You talk about being bi mm -hmm. bivocational. Is it possible for somebody to uh, do that? Yeah. Well, and definitely start one. You know, I, I think the mistake I personally made was I thought I needed more time to commit to being in that space. And really, I was doing just as much and seeing as much success when I was in full-time youth ministry as I was uh, when I left. Right. Um, and so it is something that can coexist. It can be it can go parallel to what you're doing in ministry or another full time position. Um, I will say that as a fresh expression grows, it should be a little more demanding of your time, especially the more people you're reaching, um, the bigger the community, all of that. Um, 
at some point it might require more time, but certainly the beginning, I mean, it could be once a week that you meet with these people. So no, I think that that's totally doable. I mean, I guess your, your whole intention is to start something and then um, like equip, encourage and empower people for ministry uh, start something, bring someone else alongside of you or bring someone who's in the ministry and train them to do that. I know that's what's happened with Gastro Church. Uh, Meredith Wendy started that. And then she got to the point where she got appointed to a new church. And so there was this gap and one of the people in the ministry stepped up uh, and she uh, took care of it. And she is now a young adult in ministry. And that is what she does. Uh, she does everything from ordering food to answering questions to securing locations um, and did a great job to adapting during the pandemic. Um, and this is something I have on the UMY Lead podcast, uh, but I'll send a link to here. Uh, and that is a link to the uh, Gastro Church episode uh, from there. So, I mean, I guess what you're talking about is like, even if you are a pastor, you can identify and maybe equip somebody to do that mm -hmm. or, or start it along with them or start it yourself and then pass it on to somebody uh, and make sure it's something that continues without you always being there and doing that. Yes. Yeah. And I would say that that is, I, I would prioritize that in our churches. Um, and in fact, I'm, I'm hoping to do that with the churches I am working with right now to teach people how to do this because um, you, you do need to be careful that you don't have um, a bunch of these starting all over the place with no leadership, because we've got to make sure we're teaching, you know, right theology and doctrine, because, um, you know, you can, you can mess up the doctrine of the Trinity pretty quickly. Right. <laughs> and that's just, you know, just one example. And so if you're going to create a network of these fresh expressions, you have to really be intentional with equipping. I love that phrase you said, Russell, because that's exactly what you've got to do. And so um, sure. Let a pastor oversee it because when it comes time for sacraments, well, you've yep. got your circuit writers, you know, think about mm -hmm. it. Early Methodism, you have a pastor that is still kind of the head pastor over each fresh expression, but you have a lay leader who's actually facilitating and, and essentially is their pastor. Um, I know that I have to be careful in, in saying that, but, yeah. but really that's what you're doing is you were, you were pastoring those people. You're shepherding those people. I could see, though, I mean, like even, you know, depending on the size of your church, having a pastor, associate pastor or something like they're the pastor of fresh expressions. Not that they are doing them, mm -hmm. but they are, you know, they realize that none of their people who go to anything they do will ever walk through the, the walls of the church. But they have mm -hmm. a church, they have the support of the church, uh, finances, resources, making copies, uh, you know, social media, whatever. They have the resources of the church, but they're funding these ministries and creating, making these ministries possible, all while knowing that that most of those who come to those ministries are not going to walk through the doors, um, but they have this whole other flip side um, ministry uh, kind of going on. Um, so, well, uh, we are we are quickly running out of time. Um, is there anything, any final things that you uh, want to share? Any final thoughts? Any final encouragements? Um, you're talking to youth directors and pastors and. Um, anything you want to leave us with? Gosh, I just hope that um, you feel encouraged because this has been such a difficult season of, um, gosh, in so many ways <laughs> because of the pandemic and lots of other pressures of being leaders in ministry right now. Um, there, there are so many things we could dive into, but um, this year gave us an opportunity, and I feel like this is beating a dead horse at this point because we talk about being adaptable, flexible, finding new ways to do ministry. But I, I found that it doesn't really have to be overly complicated, right? There, there are new ways that we can do ministry and be flexible, but um, thinking about everything we've talked about today, um, all that we're doing is following God. And what a gift that we get to um, lead others in a way that Christ is leading us. Um, I, I just hope that y'all can be, uh, I say, sorry, I'm, I'm so Southern. I can't help it. Some people might get on to me for y'all, but, that's, <laughs> but that's, that's the thing, though, is that um, I hope that you can be encouraged 
maybe inspired to try something new and take time to abide in Christ. Take time to Sabbath and find that rest um, that we are not just asked to find, but told to find, right? We're told to Sabbath and that's an important part of who we are and what we do because um, I personally, I've been at a really low point of energy where I was feeling a lot of burnout. Um, and I actually thought at one point, maybe I am burned out, but there's something about abiding in Christ and taking time to step away for a little bit to, um, be rejuvenated and encouraged. So I hope that, um, everyone is taking the time to do that. And if you're not, maybe this is the extra encouragement, uh, that you need to do it. Um, and then look around you and see what fresh expressions you could start <laughs> because I promise they are everywhere and it's a lot easier. Um, I, I, like, I don't want to overcomplicate it because that's mm. what I love about it is it is the organic movement of the spirit of God. And we are just asked to be partners in that. And I want to be faithful to doing that. And I think we all can do it as long as we're just looking. Um, and, and especially in the beginning, it doesn't really take that much extra time. Right. So Anyway, hope that can be a good encouragement. Well, Mary, it is always a joy to talk to you. Um, and uh, we'll have many more conversations coming forward because uh, Mary and I are both in some, some of the same seminary classes. Um, but I also hope you'll come back because we didn't even touch on your other job. We kind of got stuck mm -hmm. on fresh expressions, which is awesome. So um, I'm going to give you a couple more months to uh, do this whole cooperative youth ministry thing. Um, and... Uh, uh, you're the youth director for what, three or four churches? Mm -hmm, three. Yep. Three churches. So um, we'll let you give it, have a little bit more time working with that. Um, but I'm sure that is something that a lot of those who are listening to this would want to learn about as well um, is uh, even if it's not being a cooperative youth uh, uh, leader and leading for several churches, um, but how churches can work together um, how they can pull resources, how they can adapt things so that that way they can uh, do ministry more. So, um, Mary, how do we connect with you if uh, somebody wants to get a hold of you and talk to you? What, what are the ways we can find you? Social media, websites, wherever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say that I prefer um, Instagram and Twitter. And I think my handle is the same on both. But um, Instagram is Mary W underscore Strickland. Kind of a long one. Sorry about that. And um, Twitter, yeah, it's uh, Mary W. Strickland. So no underscore there. And um, I would be happy to connect with anybody. And I, I love to, I love to talk fresh expressions and youth ministry. So um, just building that networking community is awesome. So connect with me. I'd love to hear from you too. Yep. Um, and you're going to send us some of your links uh, of things you've talked about and ways, and we will make sure and put all of those uh, in our show notes, that way you can link to those. And we'll also, we've also mentioned a couple other podcasts and we'll link to those as well. So uh, thank you so much. Um, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's been fun talking about everything and I can't wait to dive in next time a little bit more into the um, cooperative youth ministry side of things. It's uh, certainly interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. Hey, thanks everyone for joining us today. We hope you were encouraged and inspired by this week's episode and that you found tools that you can use as you pour into the lives of your students. Um, yes, if you enjoyed this and you found it helpful, uh, we ask that you leave a comment or a rating wherever you're listening uh, to this. We would appreciate that so much. Uh, also, maybe if you know someone who would benefit from this conversation, uh, take a moment and share this with them on social media. Uh, tag them. Also, uh, tag us at Talk Student Men on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So, Brent, I understand you have a really exciting conversation next week. So, uh, can you tell us what is coming up next week? Yeah, so next week, I sit down with L. Campbell. And if you don't know who L. is, um, that's totally okay. But you might have been living under a rock for the past couple years, or you're new to youth ministry. And L. Campbell is a big-time name when it comes to the youth ministry world today. And largely, that is due to the fact that her and her husband, Kenny, um, started something called Grow Curriculum, which is used all over the world. Um, they have hundreds and hundreds of youth um, groups that use their curriculum. And it's so much more um, than just curriculum curriculum. They have 
um, everything under the sun. And we can go into that more in detail next week. But Elle also shares a wealth of knowledge and experience from all of her time um, in the different areas of youth ministry that she's been in. Um, She's done everything from middle school ministry as a lead Um, youth pastor to volunteering in youth ministry to writing books about leading ministries um, to working with the um, with orange um, to coming up with a curriculum set that they do called grow so much different things um, that she's had her hands in and it brings a lot of valuable information to the table and with that being said we sit down next week to talk about volunteers in youth ministry. And I don't know about you, Russell, but volunteers is something that I always need in youth ministry. And it's something that always seems to be the struggle. And so I sit down with Elle and we talk about how um, important and how needed volunteers are. We talk about how to incorporate volunteers into your ministry, whether you're just starting or whether you've been there for a while. Um, And then also we talk about how to get volunteers and how to keep volunteers, because those are two very, very important aspects of the conversation at hand. And so I was really, really not only encouraged by this, but Elle is such a great person. And I really, really loved the conversation that I had with her. So that is next week. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. I am definitely looking forward to hearing that. Um, and I already have some people to share that with. And and I hope if you are listening to this, that you are looking forward to that, go ahead and mark it on your calendar um, and uh, wait for that episode to drop as well. Um, also a reminder, go back and check out, we have 17 or 18 other episodes, uh, some great conversations that we've had in the past. Um, and we would love to hear your thoughts on some of our previous conversations as well. Um, so if you want to check out those, you can find them on where you're listening to the podcast now, or also go to our website, studentministryconversations.org, um, where you can also get show notes and links from this episode and all of our episodes. Um, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, we are looking forward to seeing you next week. See you next week.